Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. When I was in Ottawa, when I was in Ottawa, speaking at uh, at Parliament there, you know, Christmas on the Hill, we, we, we rented a hotel outside of the city and we had to come into the city multiple times into the, into the downtown core uh, to get to Parliament and what have you. And so a few times we had to go back and forth. And as we were, we, you know, as we were going back and forth, I guess because of my retail background, because of my retail background, there was a, there was a mall on the highway called Bayshore Mall. There was a mall on the highway. And whenever I see malls and, you know, and that sort of thing, I guess, you know, that stuff's still in my blood from my, my previous life. And, and so I, I had said to Carolyn, I want to go to that mall. I want to go to that mall. She's like, okay. And, and then we would get to the hotel and, and, and you know, we even, we even looked online, like, well, what stores are in that mall? And not, not necessarily even to, to buy anything, but just to go there, just to say, hey, I wanted to see what that mall was like on on the inside and so we we looked at what stores were there and we every time I'd go by I'd look at it and and then I even saw okay this is the ramp that I that I need to get off the highway to you know to get to that mall and and so back and forth every time it caught my eye ultimately we left Ottawa and guess what we never went to the mall for all the intrigue for all the research for all the wondering and what if and what's it what is it going to be like in in that particular mall we we never actually wound up going in. And my friends, I want to submit to you that I believe that many people are like that with the kingdom of God. They're very, they're very intrigued. They, they do research. They'll ask questions. They, they will wonder. They will glance at it. They will, they will wonder, well, well what ramp do I, do I get off? And how do I get on? And, and, and what, is it, what does it mean to be part of this kingdom versus this other kingdom? And what are people talking about? And, and what is actually happening in that kingdom? But in reality, many, many people, are though they are intrigued about it and it catches their attention, they're not always necessarily going to enter in. And you know, we live in a, in a society and, and, and in a day. You know, we live in a day and we're living now on the last day of the year, I, I text Pastor Moses yesterday and I said, I am not ready. Huh? I wasn't ready for Christmas in the sense of it just kind of happens. I'm not ready for the new year because it, it just kind of comes upon you. It just happens. But, but how many know that time waits for no man or for no woman? So ready or not, it's coming. But because, because it is the new year, our, our hope is that in the new year, we will have a new life. People are looking for a, a new life. They're looking for change. They're looking for, for improvement, right? Some of you already have gotten out and purchased your treadmill. I, I, know, that, I, I know that you're shedding the pounds already in your mind of, of December. Some of you have already joined the gym that you're going to last about two weeks and you're going to irritate my life, right, by crowding that place and, and, then, and, then, and then you're going to stop. Because, because listen, the reality is that, that people want a life that they have not committed to in their heart. 
why do, why do New Year's resolutions fail? Because people have this idea of change, this, this idea of improvement, but in reality, they haven't made a, a commitment in their hearts, and therefore it is not going to work. And, and by the way, the kingdom of God is no different. I want to talk to you this morning about secret conversations, a secret conversation that took place between a man called Nicodemus and Jesus and, and how literally this man came into a new life. Do you know why? Because he had made a commitment within his heart. I'm hoping to bridge the end of this year and the beginning of the new year and I'm hoping to bridge this morning with this evening and, and kind of tie my messages together by the grace of God and, and just share some thoughts with you and this morning I want to speak to you about the new life the new life you know the psalmist said in Psalm 16 you will show me the path of life you will show me the path of life. I, I want you to understand that your life and my life isn't just about some modifications and, and about some improvements, but, but our life is really about being on a path. You were on a path, an old path, an old way, what, what the Bible calls the old life. And then when you came to Christ, you, you got on a new path. Hopefully you you got on a new path. And you know what's interesting is that the old path and the new path are very, very different. Very, very opposite. They, they go in completely opposite, different directions. This is, this is why we struggle sometimes is that we, we try to live a new life with old ways. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We try to live a new life. We try to go a new path and and we try to do it in old familiar ways because in reality, there, there are some things of the old life that we, we just don't want to let go of. And some people, some people have a degree, literally a master's degree on excuses, on, on why some of the old things should not depart from us. What the Bible calls the, the old man. And, and ladies, I'm not talking about your husband right now, all right? Because the, 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 you're the old man too. You have a, an old nature, an old character. You were, you were on the old path. But this morning, I want to talk to you about a new life because if you are going to have a, a, a new life, you need to understand that you need to get on the right path. That God literally invites us not into behavior modification. He invites us into transformation, but in reality, he invites us into the life that God has bought for us. That is the new life. And, and today we have so many ideas of, of enlightenment and all these thoughts that, that, that are out there that, by the way, nothing is new under the sun. It's all the same old stuff, but, but it has a new spin on it and a new marketing slogan. And, and so it looks new. It looks like there's a new enlightenment. enlightenment. But in reality, it's just the old devil lies that, that he's been spreading for years and years and years. It's, it's the same old garbage with a brand new spin and, and people buy it. And Christ comes and he says, I, I want to cut through all that noise. I want to cut through all that nonsense and, and invite you truly into a new life that starts with a born-again experience. We hear a lot of mocking. You know, oh, you're born again. We, we, you know, we, had a, we hear a lot of ridicule about that. But my friends, the reality of the word of God has not changed. That, that Jesus said this, like talking about the mall, that, that unless you are born again, you can't even see the kingdom. You can't even perceive that it exists. Never mind entering in. You can't even perceive that, that it exists. And so 
I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for us. I'm thrilled that, that, that you know, we, are, we are excited about the new year and its new potential. But the reality is that I would rather that you get more excited about the new life that is found in Christ. Pastor Moses, and I'm, I'm going to get to the word here. Pastor Moses said something very interesting. Uh, he, said, he said he's been thinking about going on, on vacation. I thought, you know, I said that to my daughter. I said, I said, you know, I think I feel, I feel like I want to, I feel like I want to go on vacation. I said that this morning. How many want to go on vacation? Hey, yeah. And he talked about, he talked about when you go to a resort and you register, they, they give you a band and the band says, Hey, here's your privileges. Here's where you, where you belong. I remember when we went on the cruise. There was a part of the cruise that had these glass doors and, and we go watch beyond the glass doors and people had robes and slippers and they had, they had certain privileges and, 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 you know, they had certain restaurants and, and you knew that they were more special than you, right? And you want to go, you want to go into the VIP, but the reality is you paid for the cheapskate vacation, Right? So you're in the cheapo section, but, but you want to go into the VIP, which is what Pastor Moses did, and he went and got food out of the VIP section, and, and they called him out, and they said, hey, sir, your band doesn't allow you, because you're in the cheapo section, and this is the VIP section. <laughs> but true to form, Pastor Moses is like, well, I'm going to finish the food that's on my plate. And, and you, know, you know the difference between the VIP section and the cheapo section? Cost. See, see you want to be a VIP. You just don't want to pay, you know, you don't want to pay the price. Come on now. You'd rather watch it on YouTube and go, oh, look at that room. And look, oh, they get this and they get that. But when they show you the bill of what that costs, you go, eh. You see, you see. We want all the rights and the privileges of the kingdom of God, but we're just not willing to pay that sort of price. How many understand that salvation is free, but everything else is going to cost you something? That the anointing is going to cost you something. That the call of God is going to cost you something. That, that there is a price because the, the things of God are expensive. The, the things of God are precious. The, the things of God are luxurious and there is a cost. There is a cost to the new life. I, I want you to stand with me as God invites us. God invites us into the new life. I know some of you are thinking you're going to upgrade your, your vacation package. Bless God. Let me, let me know how that VIP section, um, <laughs> how it works out for you. Praise God. I, in, in John chapter 3, John chapter 3, secret conversation. Secret conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. And the Bible says this, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this, came, and this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we, we know that you're a teacher from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Now here's what's interesting. The Bible says Jesus answered him, but Nicodemus never asked the question. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and, and be born? And Jesus answered, and most assuredly he said, I say to you, unless one is born of water, really that word is translated word, unless one is born of the word and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. My friends, we're living in a day where we need word and we need spirit. He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. In other words, it belongs to, to human ability and reproduction. But that which is born of the spirit is of spirit. In other words, he's saying to Nicodemus, don't, don't focus on natural things. I'm talking to you about supernatural matters. He said, do not marvel or don't be surprised or don't get, can we say it in modern day vernacular, don't get hung up that I say to you that you must be born again. Why? Because the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have provided a new life. It's a reality. It is a reality. There is an invitation. It is an invitation for us to enter, not only to see, but to enter. Thank you, Lord, that eyes will be open today. Perception will be open, understanding will be open, that anticipation will be open, there will be an excitement in, in the things that people are believing you for. We thank you, Lord, that we are here for more than just improvement, for, no, for more than just a few self-help principles today. We are here for the eternal word of God. And all God's people said, amen, amen. High five a few people, welcome them. Welcome them, appreciate them. Hallelujah. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. I, I think I see my, is this my friends? Do I see my friends, Pastor Connolly? And, is that you guys? Is that really you guys? Bless, can you guys just stand up? These are precious friends of mine. Um, <laughs> awesome. You guys look amazing. They, they are retired now. You don't retire from God, bro. But no, uh, <laughs> uh, they, they've been serving a long, long time. It is so good to see you. Bless you. Thank you. Come on, give them a great big hand. Pastor Connolly and, and Sharon, his wife. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Pastor Connolly there, he took me out for one of the most expensive steak dinners I've ever been at. And uh, I tell you, we, uh, he said, I'll pay for it if you cover the tip. And, and I tell you, the steak was so expensive that, that the tip would have been like a normal steak place. So you can imagine what the, and I'm like, big shooter, man. Anyway, invite me anytime you want. Praise God. All right. <laughs> See, you want to be a VIP, you just don't want to pay for it. Amen. So there, so there you go. All right. All right. So the new life, the new life. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this secret conversation that happens between Nicodemus and Jesus. There are, there are two major secret conversations that, that happen in the word of God in the New Testament. One is with Nicodemus and the other one is with the woman at the well. And in both times in these secret conversations, uh, Jesus gives incredible.
incredible uh, revelation about the kingdom, about himself, about, about life. And, and can you imagine a secret conversation that took place 2,000 years ago between two men? We're still talking about it 2,000 years later. How many understand that must have been an important conversation? I noticed something. Because there was just Jesus and Nicodemus, it must mean that Jesus told the story to the disciples that ultimately wrote about it. So in other words, whether Jesus said, hey, by the way, a man named Nicodemus came last night, or whether the disciples saw and said, why did this man come to see you, Lord? And, and so the Lord begins to tell the story, much like he did about the temptation in the, in the wilderness, much like he did about the woman at the well. Jesus himself tells this story. That's why, that's why this secret conversation is important, that what happened in secret, God has now made public. God has made open so that all of us will know what was discussed. Now let's talk about this man, Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a, is a Pharisee. He is an aristocrat of society. In other words, the Pharisees believed that, that they had better ways than everybody else to know God and serve God, but they made it very difficult for people to actually serve God because on top of the Ten Commandments, they laid another six, seven hundred commandments. In other words, in their, in their religious piety, they really believed that through effort they could get to God. Jesus said of them, you do not enter yourselves and you block the way for others. You make it hard for people. You, you burden the people down with all these requirements. And what the Lord was saying is, I'm here to remove all the burden that you've put on the people and I'm here to come to simplify the faith. I've made it easy. I want to make it easier for people to serve God. You make it harder. He's a, he's a teacher of the law, but obviously he's intrigued. He wants to know, who is this Jesus about? And, and if you actually study the life of Nicodemus, you'll find out that later on when there is a discussion about Jesus, because the Pharisees not only disliked him, they actually plotted to kill him. Can you imagine? Here's, here's how we're going to serve God. We're going to kill Messiah. But this man winds up defending Jesus. This man really says to him, you, you really don't know him because you haven't had a conversation with him, but I've had a conversation with him and I know who he is. And, and then even after the, the death on the cross, it, 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 Nicodemus is, is uh, as long with Joseph of Arimathea, that come and literally they, they, they ask for the body of Jesus. So you see the impact of the ministry of Jesus, you see the impact of, of this particular conversation that it had on Nicodemus, that obviously he became a follower of Christ, even though he was part of this elite group and this religious group, something happened in his heart. Pastor Moses brought out a, I thought a very powerful point this morning, this morning that, you know, it was the, it was the responsibility of servants to take down the bodies from the cross. It was the responsibility of servants, if you will, to, to take care of dead bodies that, that particularly not, had not just died of you know, some medical issue, whatever, that literally had died a criminal's death. Who in the world wanted to take down criminal bodies from, uh, from these crosses? And yet Nicodemus, who was a teacher and a ruler, put himself in a position to be a servant to take on the body of Jesus. What a transformation that you could say, wow, wow, Nicodemus, you, you started at the top, but you ended up at the bottom. But in reality, that's a worldview because in the kingdom view, he was actually at the bottom and he ended up at the top because the greatest among all will be the servants of all. 
Now notice that the Bible says that he comes by night. He comes by night. He, he comes in secret. He doesn't probably want people to know that he's coming. Maybe he's embarrassed. Maybe, maybe he's not sure how things are going to be handled back, back at central office with everybody else. And so, so Nicodemus comes at a time where he is not going to be seen. Now, we can criticize him for that. We can, we can say all kinds of things about him for that. But the reality is that whether it was by day, whether it was by night, at least he came. Huh? Listen, some of you, some of you are here, some of you are watching online, you're, you're, you know, you're thinking about that kingdom, you're watching that mall, you're not quite sure, you, maybe you're a little bit embarrassed, oh, if my friends knew, you know, if my friends knew that I was here, some of you are like secret agents, you know what I mean, you, you come to check out God, you come to check out APC, you're not quite sure what these crazy people are all about, but there is something that is drawing you in, there is something that is compelling you. My friends, it doesn't matter if you come by night, Jesus never rebuked him for coming by night at least a man was there be in the journey be in the journey he was wrestling with God he was he was wrestling with his religiosity he, he was looking at this man Jesus that that all his compadres were were criticizing and rebuking and you, you know you know you guys don't wash your hands and you break all these laws and you do things on the Sabbath and and how could you be uh, of God but watch what Nicodemus said he said we we know you're of God because who could do these signs unless God was with him who could do these things who could do these things? I, I am here because I'm intrigued. I'm here because I want to know. Ultimately, I think what Nicodemus wanted to know is, are you the one? Because you don't really fit the profile. You're, you're confusing us a little bit because, because you're doing things that are astronomical, but, but, the, but your, your packaging isn't right. You're, you're, you're not the prototypical, prototypical Messiah that we've been waiting for. You're, you're, you're not overthrowing the Romans. You don't have an army. You don't have a, you don't have a great big horse and all the, rest of the, all the rest of the armaments. You're coming in a strange way, but we cannot deny God's with you. Huh? My friends, could it be said of us that even when people don't like us, they would have to say, we don't like you, but we know that God must be with your life. Huh? That you people are different, that there is something about you, there's something maybe peculiar, I, I don't understand it, but God must be with you. Yesterday on the way home. On the way, strange, on the way home, I, you know, it was, like I said, it's now about three o'clock. I hadn't eaten most of the day. And so I, you know, I just stopped for a bite. I just stopped for a bite. And, and I stopped at, uh, you know, we stopped at, over there on 10 and, and uh, what is that? 10 and uh, Beauvais. There's, a, there's a, like a five guys there. Just, you know, and I, I said to Carolyn, you want a burger? I'm going to pick up a burger. And I'm just, she calls it in. I'm waiting at the counter. And this man comes in. This, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm on my phone. You know, I'm texting some of the team and, and, and how the day went. And I'm just waiting for my burger. This man, he comes up to me. He goes, sir. Big guy, big guy. He goes, sir. I go, yes. He goes, who are you? Who are you? I'm like, and, and the way he said it, I thought, and I asked him, I said, do I know you? Like, like he approached me like he knew me. And he's like, well, why are you dressed like? And I was actually dressed in a suit. And, and he says, why are you dressed like that? He goes, you're, 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 you're so suave. I thought, well, praise God, you know. And uh, 
He goes, why, why do you look like that? Where, where have you? And I'm like, dude, what is this? A hundred questions today. And, and, and so I began to tell him, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I teach lead. And, he, and, and he's genuinely talking. He's, he's genuinely talking and asking questions. And no, he wasn't on drugs or anything like that. And, 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 and we have this conversation. But, but watch this. Having just come you know, from, the, from the presence of God in, in the environment, there was, there was something beyond my clothes. Because everybody wears a suit. I mean, come on. Anybody wears a suit. But there was something I know about the anointing and the glory of God that, that this man wanted to speak to me. Just began to have a conversation. Because we're always on assignment. Because we're always on assignment. Not just in the house of God, we're always on assignment. We're always on assignment. God speaks to me about people every, you know, in different places, whether it's in restaurants. Some of you have been with me. And, and I just allow the, the giftings of God just to flow because the, the gifts of God work beyond the house of God. So Nicodemus, he comes by night. He comes inquiring. He comes asking questions. He, he comes to know, are you the one? And what is it that you know? My friends, we, we ought to have secret conversations with Jesus every single day. Every single day. And the new life, the new life provides you with audience to God. The new life provides you with audience to God anytime you want, anywhere you are, night, day, morning, light, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is, you have access to God 24-7, you can come with boldness to the throne of grace at any time and have a full confidence that you belong there. That's what, that's what the, writer, the writer of Hebrews says to us is, you belong. You belong at the throne of grace and that you could come confidently. You could come boldly because you belong there because a way is made for you through the new life. I love what Paul said to the Galatians. He said, the, the life that I now live, I live by faith. I live by faith. I, I live it by grace. I used to live a life. He said that life is dead to me. That's why in Galatians 2.20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. In other words, that life that I, that I knew, that life that, that I used to be a part of, that, that way, that, that maybe that group of people, whatever it may be that associated you with the old life, here's what Paul said, that stuff is dead to me. My relationships are dead to me. The, the things that I knew are dead to me. Some of our problem, my friends, is that we want to take some of the old baggage into the new life. Any of you that have traveled on an airplane, you will know that they weigh your luggage. Hmm? You hope they don't weigh your luggage, but they weigh your luggage. Right, Brother Hero? And when your luggage is overweight, they love it when your luggage is overweight. Have you ever, have you, and this is irritating, have you ever been around people that all of a sudden they, they, they get to the counter and they're shocked that their luggage is overweight? Like, like you're shocked. How can that be? Weigh it again. It ain't going to lie a second time. You're overweight. Then they start scrambling and they put it on their carry-on and, you know, they start arguing amongst themselves. But, but in the reality is this, that, that when you bring overweight luggage, you pay a price. Let that speak to you for a moment. 
that, that in life when we try to bring baggage on and, and we try to bring weight on that, that we're not required to bring or we're not allowed to bring because we're over the limit, there's going to be a price to pay for that. That's why in, in Hebrews it says, let's, let's put away the weight. Let's put away the sin and the weight and the things that so easily beset us or, or they, they entrap us or they mess us up. Put it aside. If you're going to move forward, if you're going to move into a new year, you're going to move into a, a new life, then, then put aside those weights, whatever they might be to you, whatever they represent to you that are holding you back and, and they're holding you down. And, and, and some of us are trying to resurrect things from the old life. Can I just bring it? No, you can't. Here's my first point about the kingdom of God and entering in. My first point is this, that that the new life or the kingdom is an either-or proposition. Have you noticed that? The kingdom is very straight. The kingdom is you're saved or you're unsaved. You're dead or you're alive. You're lost or you're found. You're in the light or you're in the dark. You're in or you're out. You're either awake or you're asleep. You're either free or you're slave. And, and the word tells us it's not, it's not an and and both. It's either-or. Make a decision. The new life is about making a decision. The new life is understanding that if I'm going to have a new life, something needs to die. Hmm? See, my, 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 my friend, Pastor Connolly, precious man of God, appreciate him, have a great relationship. But you see, he wanted a new life of retirement, and he's wanted it for some time, and, and he finally made a decision, and I was there. I spoke at, at their retirement party, and, and you know, there was core crying and emotion, and why? Because as much as I was coming into something new, something was dying. I had, to, I had to turn my back on some things. I, I had to leave some, some people uh, behind. I, I couldn't take them with me into the new life. I, I couldn't fulfill ministry and be retired, if you understand what I'm saying, because we always have ministry. Please understand what I'm saying. But, but, but some of us are like, no, no, no. I want to come into the new life, and I want to keep some of the old baggage. You know, can't. It's not the kingdom evangelist. It's not the way it works. It's an either or. But you see, you have a lot of preachers today that are messing people up because they, they are preaching a gospel that is a mixture. Where they're telling you, well, you know what? Sure, you know, oh, you, you want to do that? Okay, yeah, you know what? We, 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 we want to be tolerant. We want to be understanding. We, we want to be loving. And they use all this terminology in reality. What they are really saying is we want to give license to sin. Huh? That you can create the you can create the Jesus you want. You can worship the God you want. And and so they, they love saying things like, Well, you know the old hymn, Corey says, you know, come as you are. Yeah, you come as you are, you don't stay as you are. And so if anybody is fooling you that, well, I can I can have that as well. No, you can. It's an either-or proposition. So, my friends, if we're going to come into the new life that begins with the born-again experience, by the way, it begins with the born-again experience, but it doesn't end there because Jesus said this. He said, he said, I need you to open your eyes because once you become born again, you see the kingdom, but just because you see the kingdom doesn't mean you enter in. Hmm? Just because I saw that mall didn't mean that I actually went in. Just because I was actually in the vicinity of the mall. I, you know, I even went as far. We, we had gone to dinner one night. I even went as far as to ask the waitress. 
I said, hey, tell me about that mall. You know, I'm really intrigued about that. Oh, she began to tell me about the mall. I said, you know, we're going to go to that mall. I saw the mall. I asked questions about that mall. I researched it, but I never entered in. I never entered into the property. I never parked on the property. I never went into the stores. And yet, you know, you could talk about, oh, you know, I saw the mall. I saw this mall. This mall looked really good. It looked really cool. But, but in reality, I've never been in there. Jesus said that when you become born again, your eyes are open. You can see it. But then he says you have to enter. You have to enter by intentionality. You have to enter by, by your eyes being open. That At the born-again experience, my friends, yes, we're saved. But listen, God has saved you for so much more than just you not going to hell. If that's it, then the moment you get saved, you ought to die and go home. But, but the Lord is saying... That's just the start. That, that's just the beginning. That, that's just your eyes being opened on the possibilities. And, and that's just your eyes being opened on the vision. But in reality, he says, I have so much more if you would just enter in. If you would just participate, if you would just leave some things behind and, and focus on the path of life that, that I have for you, even though that it is going to cost you some things. Everybody say Timing. I'll talk a little bit about this tonight, but you know, there are, there are two Greek words, and I'm almost done. There are two Greek words um, that talk about timing in the New Testament, chronos and kairos. Chronos is father time. Hmm? It's the clock. The clock that doesn't stop. It, it keeps going. The Bible says in Galatians, in the fullness of time... God sent his son. But then there is kairos. Kairos is the type of timing that is catalytic moments that happen in our lives. So an example in Galatians where it says in the fullness of time. I want you to notice we just celebrated that the angel Gabriel came to Mary. And that Mary had a kairos moment with Gabriel. Within the chronos there was a kairos. And when the chronos and the kairos intersect, we call that the opportune time. We call that destiny. We, we call that a collision of father time and these catalytic moments that happen that literally change your life forever. They literally change your life forever because they put us on a trajectory. They, they put us on the path of God. I heard a testimony yesterday. I heard a testimony yesterday about a brother, uh, one of the brothers that was there was, you know, because uh, this was their, I guess, their New Year's Eve service, and, and he was actually from Jamaica. He was from Jamaica. Now listen to this. He said that while he was in Jamaica, he was, for, for unknown reasons, he was shot at. And he described where the bullets literally went into his body, came out of his body, and, and, and the only, the only uh, organ that any of the bullets, and there were multiple bullets, right, that, that, that it hit was the spleen, and they said to him, you know, the spleen can hit its, you know, heal itself, but, but even, you know, even if you, the, the spleen doesn't heal itself, you can live without your spleen, we could take it out. I've always wondered, who was the first person they said to, I think you can live without this. I, you know what I mean? Like, huh? Your gallbladder, and I, I've had mine removed. The first person, they said, you, you can live without it, you'll be okay. But, 
But then he said this, he said, you know, because of that event, I left the country, I came to Canada, and while I was in Canada, I came to this realization that I needed God. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing, church? Listen, God will have you shot at if it means saving your soul. Now, I would hope that you would not have to wait that long and use that kind of drama to get God to bring you into the kingdom. There's easier ways, church. There's easier ways. Huh? I mean, does God have to shoot you to save you? Come on, somebody. But he had a Kairos moment. That moment changed the trajectory of his life because he left his country, ultimately found God. And by the way, you know, and I even said this in yesterday's service, that when we say things like, well, you know, I, I realized that I needed God and I, and I needed, you know, my family. Listen, when, when you believe and you begin to think that you need God, it's not you. It's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God saying to you, you need God. You need God. You, you need to get right. But I'm not even just talking about being born again today. What I'm saying is that, that even as we enter into another year, that, that many times, and I want you to catch this word. I, I've been sharing it with the, with the Timothy team. I, I want you to catch the word alignment. I want you to catch the word alignment because I believe the Spirit of God, particularly at this time of the year, says to us, you need alignment. You need some places where, where you need to be straightened out. It's not only, it's not only a, a construction word, but it's also a, a medical term. You ever been to a chiropractor and, and they say to you, you're out of alignment. And they crack you and do all kinds of manipulation and they, and they get you back in alignment and you begin, to, you begin to feel better. You begin to feel better. I want you to notice as we're talking about this as well that that Jesus said, you must be born again to see. How many times have I told you that by quantity, it is the, the miracle that Jesus did the most. He opened the eyes of the blind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit about this tonight. He, he opened the eyes of the blind so that they could see. In other words, you know, later on he says to Nicodemus, you're not that far off, Nicodemus. You, you see a little bit, but you don't see clearly. But my friends, when you come to this new life, you actually see right for the first time. You look at things and go, how come I never saw that before? How come I never heard that before? How come, how come I didn't perceive this before? How come I didn't recognize this before? Because in reality, you were blind. I once was blind. I once was lost. I, I was on the wrong path, and I was heading there faster. And my friends, have you ever noticed that people that are on the wrong path seem to want to accelerate? The devil is happier to make you go faster. God says, hey, slow down. Slow down. Watch, watch where you're going. Watch what's happening around you. Don't, don't be so quick. Don't be so fast. But the devil, the devil says, no, no, speed up. Go through every, every red light. Go through every stop sign. Go through every, go through every warning you want to. It doesn't matter because, you know, people start saying things like, well, you know, you, you only live once, you better party. If you only live once, you better get it right. The eyes of your understanding, Ephesians says, being open. How well are you seeing? How well is your, your vision? You know, I, I love here again, I'm going to say what Pastor Moses said this morning. He says that, you know, you live the life that you see. This is why, this is why these moments are exciting because we see that there could be 
possibility. We, we see that there could be change and we see that we could accomplish certain things if only we, we focus on the right things. You know why? Because vision is being activated. And then when you activate vision, creativity flows and momentum flows and, 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 and that's contagious. And, and so we begin to operate. You know why? Because vision is working. But when vision doesn't work, you perish. When we don't see right, we perish. When we don't see right, we cast off restraint. Corey, you can come up. When we don't, when we don't see right, we lose, our, we lose our way. Here's my next point that I want to make. Is that not only do we need spirit, my friends, if we're going to have a new life, we need systems in our life. Uh, systems to me are about disciplines. See, spirit, faith, grace gets us into the new life, but systems maintain us there. Do you remember in the, you remember in the New Testament, Pastor Jason, there was trouble at the food hub there. The feeding of the widows. So you thought you started the food hub. It was in the book of Acts. And, and, and when the trouble started, they came to the apostles and you know what Peter and John and James you know what they said they said this is an important work but watch this we cannot neglect the word and prayer you know what he was really saying evangelist we have a system we have a system of abiding John 15 you, you see some of you you want to you want to abide magically as if that's going to appear no no you need systems in the spirit that help you create discipline in your life God's people hate systems. I don't know why, because systems are actually powerful. There, there, there are certain habits, my friends, that are actually good for you. Peter said, we have some habits. Our habit is to be in the, in the temple. Our habit is to pray. Our, our habit is to minister the word. And so go fight seven guys. We're going to lay hands on them and we're going to solve this problem. But for us, we have a, we have a system. Nicodemus says, how, how can these things be, Lord? How, how am I going to enter into my mother's womb again? And how does, how does, this, how does this all work? And, and my friends, you know, the reality is this. We want to know so much. Because we believe that the more we know, the more we will obey. I want to tell you this is not true. We want every... T cross and every eye dot. Well, just, you know, God, if you would just explain all the rest of my life. Listen, if you, God explained the rest of your life to you, you wouldn't want to follow God. Remember what he said about the children of Israel? If I take them the short way and they see war, they're going to turn back. Because human nature always wants to turn back. Vision moves ahead. But God says, I can't tell you everything. That's why Jesus said, Nicodemus, the wind blows where it wants. It comes, it goes. The, the Spirit of God, that's the way that it operates. You see, you see, you, you and I, we think we know how we got saved. You and I, we think we know how we came into this life. But in reality, you have, you have probably some detail. You don't have all of it. You don't know what it took God to get you into the family of God. You might, you know, I said this prayer and I met this person. This person shared the gospel. You have, you have a limited amount. Someday God will tell you the real story and you probably won't even believe it. 
what it took. See, can you trust when you don't have all the details? Can you be an Abraham that he says, leave everything you know, let everything die behind you and follow me? Because I'm building a city, Abraham, and I'm like, can you do that? Can you do that, young person, with your life? Can you trust God with your education? Can you trust God with your relationships? Can, can you trust God with your future spouse? Can you be like an Abraham that says, God, you choose for me? Because Lot, Lot, looked, at the, Lot, Lot looked at the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he said, oh, that's where it's happening. That's where the action is. That, that's, that's where I want to be. And Abraham said, no, I'm not going to trust my own eyes. I'm going to trust God. Isn't this one of your favorite scriptures? The just shall live by faith. See, faith, and not by sight. See, faith is the eyes of vision. It's where God is going. It's what God is saying. God taking you on a, on a journey. And so I want to leave you with a prayer. I want to leave you with a prayer regarding the future. I'm going to talk about this tonight. Worship team, you can come up. I want to talk about this tonight. We're going to talk about this in the, in the month of January. If I could ever get this thing off here. Praise God. Four things, four things that I want you to pray because I want you to understand the future is coming at you. You can start this prayer today. You can come on up, worship team. You guys come up. You can start this prayer today. You can start it tomorrow. I've begun to pray it for myself. Four things, and I'll hand it out to you very, very quickly, and then I'm going to unpack it later on, but four things to position yourself for 2024 in the new life. Number one, number one, I want you to pray this every day. I want you to pray this every day for the next 21 days. Every day, every day. I don't care how you pray it, when you pray it, where you are. Number one, I want you to ask the Lord or I, well, before you ask the Lord, I want you to do this. Number one, I want you to recommit your life to the Lord daily, every day. Say, Lord, I'll recommit my life to you today. I am committed to your plan, to your purpose, to the new life. I commit to you every day. It's not that you're becoming born again every day. You are recommitting your life every day. So number one, you are going to recommit your life. Number two, you're going to invite Christ into your daily activity. Well, pastor, doesn't God come with me wherever I am? Yes. But I want you to be intentional. I want you to invite him. My kingdom come, thy will be done. Yesterday when I went to go to the preach at that church, I said, Lord, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to come with me because I know you're the difference maker. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. We, we invite him into our lives. We invite him into our services. We, you get up to, you go to work, say, God, I'm, Lord, come with me to work. I'm inviting you. God loves to be invited. He said, I, I stand at the door and I... See, the devil will bust your door down. Because he's a thief. Jesus said, I just knock. Number one, I recommend my life. Number two, I invite Christ. Number three, ask him, how can I follow you today? Maybe that brings in that word of alignment. Lord, how can I follow you? Where, where can I follow you? What needs an adjustment? How, how do I need to adjust my following? Number one, I recommit. Number two, I invite Christ. 
Number three, I ask him, how do I follow you? And the fourth one, be available. What do I mean by be available out of Isaiah 6 and 8? The Lord asks a question. He says, who shall go for us? The prophet said, here I am. Hey, Kimberly, send me. I'm available, God. I'm available, God. I, I, I may not have to cross oceans, or maybe you will. I'm available, God. I, I'm available when, when the Lord said to me through Pastor Tony Foster in September, you shall go back to Trinidad and you're going to start a Bible school there. I just said, I'm available. Send me. I don't know why you need me to go to, go to Trinidad, but I'm going to go. I've had a call on my life for many, many years to go to China. I said, Lord, you have billions of people there. Why do you need me? I don't know, but I will go. I'm available. I will go. I'm prepared. I may feel inadequate. I may feel insufficient, but I will go. If you ask me to go, I will go. If you ask me to sing, I will sing. If you ask me to speak, I will speak. I will go. I will do what you're asking me to do. Number one, I recommit. Number two, I invite Christ. Number three, I ask him, how can I follow you? Number four, here I am. Send me. I want you to stand with me.